Chapter Five of Our Little Hindu Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Little Hindu Cousin by Blanche McManus. Chapter Five. The children see Benares and go home for a wedding on the road to benares they found many other people going the same way as they themselves there were old people young people children beggars of all kinds priests of all faiths sick people and well people all going to the holy city carrying offerings of flowers and fruits and all intending to bathe in the sacred river finally our party made camp just outside the city gates here they left the wagon and servants and made their way through the crowded dirty streets until they finally came down to the bank of the river ganges such a sight as met their eyes oh said chola all the temples in the world must be here and all the people too said mahala and all the beggars as well answered harajar as they shouldered their way through a crowd of fakirs holding out their begging bowls nay speak kindly of all in the holy city it may be that our child will be cured said the gentle mother as she wrapped her veil around the baby to keep off the hot sun the children stopped to stare at hundreds of big temples of strange shapes which stretched up and down the river as far as they could see in front of these temples were terraces and long flights of steps called ghats leading down the river's edge we will first go to the temple to make an offering said chola's father as they walked past temple after temple full of queer ugly images at last after many inquiries they found the temple that they were looking for and put dishes of colored rice and flowers before a great bronze image with four arms and two big diamonds for eyes sitting cross-legged just as they did themselves after this they went down the long steps in front of the temple to the river's bank and the baby was bathed in the water with much ceremony the children all splashed round and thought it rather good fun the water was cool and agreeable and they amused themselves trying to catch the long lines of flower breaths which went floating by these breaths of flowers are thrown into the waters of the ganges by the pilgrims as an offering to the waters of the sacred river little shriya had brought her dolls one by one she sadly dropped them the brightly painted little dolls made of clay and dressed just like herself into the river at last she held in her arms only the two she had made herself in the garden at home they had lost most of their arms and legs on the journey and were sorry-looking little dolls but shriya was fond of them and she wondered if the sacred river would really miss them if she kept them with a sigh she decided this would be very wrong and so she put them too tenderly in the water among the floating flowers she then sat down on the steps and drew her veil over her face and sighed softly for it would be three whole months before she could have any more dolls here are our flowers said chola running down the steps with his arms full of yellow marigolds and sweet jasmine 
which he had bought from a flower seller who sat under one of the big umbrellas these the children twisted into breaths and threw into the river and here is one for the man who gave us the sugar cane he said tossing a large breath on the water here thou wilt see every caste in india said harajar as they sat on the steps drying themselves under a big umbrella after their bath there were indeed thousands of people some still getting ready to enter the water others slipping into their dry clothes after their bath there were water carriers carrying great jugs of the holy water to sell to pilgrims to carry with them look how the smoke rolls up yonder said mahala the smoke comes from the burning ghats may the little one not have to be carried there said his uncle looking gloomily at the smoke curling up from the edge of the river lower down nay speak not of them tis an evil woman and gods will hear thee said the mother as she held the baby closer to her it is the hindu custom to burn their dead and in spite of bathing and drinking the sacred water many of the poor pilgrims do die at benares indeed it may be that they die because they do drink it for you can imagine how dirty the river is with so many many thousands of people bathing in it all time for this reason certain part of the ghats along the river are set apart as places where bodies may be burned the bodies are laid on great piles of wood which are set on fire the families of dead sitting around lamenting and wailing our party camped some days outside the great gate and took many baths and drank much water when they finally got home again everybody was very happy for the baby was really much better we did well to go said chola's father as he looked at the baby growing fat and well again i think the white cobra helped to bring us good luck too chola said confidentially to mahala then the word came from the boy's uncle ahmed that he was going to the city to take a new elephant back home with them and that they might go back with them for a visit little shriya soon forgot to grieve for her lost dolls for now the grand preparations for her wedding began it is the custom for our little hindu cousins to marry very young but this is only a ceremony as little shriya was only nine years old she would still stay at home and play with her toys until she was grown up when she would go and live in her husband's family if meanwhile her boy husband should die and leave her a widow she would have to go into mourning for him all her life and never marry again she would have to shave her head and never wear any more pretty bright dresses or jewels and only eat one meal a day then too everybody would have as little to do with her as possible for even to see a widow is thought to be bad luck you see that some of the hindu customs are very unjust to little hindu girls so it was no wonder that shriya did not want to keep the festival of the goddess of learning for fear it might cause her to be a widow some day on the day of the wedding shriya stood in the middle of the big room of the zenana being dressed for the grand ceremony how happy and excited she was today for the first time in her life she was the most important person in the family she had been bathed with sweet perfumes and her mother had put all kinds of powders on her face and painted her eyebrows oh mother is it not lovely cried the little girl gleefully 
as the mother draped a scarf of pale blue silk all shining with gold over her beautiful dress of pink silk now thou wilt indeed look like a little princess said the grandmother as she put a wonderful jewelled headdress which she had worn at her own wedding on shriya's head it was of gold set with many jewels and little shriya gave a sigh of pleasure and joyfully clapped her hands when her mother held up a small mirror that she might see herself the grandmother decked out with many other kinds of jewelled ornaments long earrings that hung down to her shoulders beautiful pearls and a gold collar around her neck then she put on bracelet after bracelet of gold and silver until her arms were almost covered from shoulder to wrist and she had to hold them stiff like a doll and her fingers were so covered with rings that she could hardly move them at all last of all the grandmother threw over her a long veil of silk tissue spangled with gold what would you think of a little girl dressed in all these beautiful things and being barefooted shriya would much rather have rings on her toes than shoes and stockings she did have rings on her toes too and silver bands on her ankles as well the last thing the grandmother did was to hang wreaths of jasmine flowers all over her it was no wonder that she had to be pushed along by someone she could not possibly have walked by herself how pleased little shriya was everybody was admiring her and giving her good wishes the boys were quite jealous for they felt that everyone was paying more attention to a girl than to either of them next year i shall be married too said chola trying to console himself but just then someone called out that bridegroom was coming and all the children ran out to meet him the little bridegroom rode a spirited pony and looked as fine as a little raja in his white silk with golden flowers embroidered all over it and in front of his turban handsome bejeweled ornament he had shoes on and around his neck were chains of jewels and precious stones behind him came a long procession of relatives and friends when he got to the door all the little girls shriya's little friends surrounded him and led him into the courtyard chola and mahala were very busy running around giving each guest a wreath of jasmine to hang around their necks and a band of sandalwood which was lighted like a candle and gave off a sweet perfume as it burned a beautiful arbor of flowers had been put up in the inner courtyard under which the bride and the groom sat side by side the old brahmin priest was there of course to perform the marriage ceremony he had a salam to the north and south and east and the west and a sign of politeness to the good spirits who were supposed to be present and after many long prayers the grandmother put a silver cord around the bride's neck after which guests threw handfuls of rice which she took from a great copper bowl before the bridal couple just as all the little girls were marching around the courtyard after the ceremony followed by the bride and the groom what should naughty jam the pet monkey do but snatch some of the rice out of the bowl and rush with it to the roof where he sat chattering and throwing it down on the heads of the guests this greatly amused the children but the old brahmin was very angry so chola had to pretend to scold the little monkey thou shalt come down and taste the bamboo rod naughty one he cried looking up at his pet but jam only chattered the harder and threw more rice and made up his mind to stay where he was 
"'Tis a good saying of ours, never trust a boy or a monkey, hey Chola?" said his uncle Ahmed, who had just got there in time for the wedding, laughing. But Jam was quite forgotten when a great beating of drums was heard outside, and in came dancing girls and the musicians. All the company then sat around the court and watched the notch girls, as they are called, dance. They never thought of dancing themselves, deeming it too much work. All the time the musicians were beating their drums and playing on the funny sorts of instruments imaginable, like pear-shaped mandolins and zithers, and it was more like a screechy noise than like music, just a monotonous sing-song chant. But this was not the end of gaieties. There were many dinners to be given, so the cook-room was in perfect hubbub, and you may believe that grandmother was making everybody fly around but she found time to scold the crowd of beggars who were hanging around doors however though at the same time she saw to it that they got the scraps that were left it is well to be good to the poor at all times she said ha huh, but this is the best thing of all exclaimed chola and mahala as he and his cousin and Navo sat side by side on a mat in the pretty garden that evening and saw the wonderful fireworks. There were queer animals and birds, all made up with coloured lamps and fires, and all through the trees were hung lanterns made of big yellow gods, with coloured lights inside them. All the while the musicians thumped on their drums, and everybody was very gay and merry. End of chapter 5 Read by Lambda